Psalm 102, Sermon 2, Part 1 of Exposition on the Book of Psalms, Volume 5. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Exposition on the Book of Psalms, Volume 5, by St. Augustine of Hippo. Sermon 2 on the Second Part of Psalm 102 1. Yesterday we heard the groaning of some poor one in prayer, and we acknowledge this one as him for whom our sakes became poor when he was rich, and the members which cleave unto him, and speak by means of their head. For we beheld there even ourselves, if indeed through his grace even we are anything. But the words of groaning were now finished, and those of consolation had begun. But these could never have been finished had we treated of, had we treated of them yesterday. In what remain, let us hear today the poor no longer groaning, but rejoicing, rejoicing because hoping, hoping because not presuming in himself. He foretold in the holy scriptures the blessedness which men should have, and added, let these things be written for those that come after, and the people which shall be born shall praise the Lord, for he hath looked down from his lofty sanctuary. So far yesterday's discourse reached. Consider what followeth. 2. Verse 19 and 20. Out of the heaven did the Lord look down upon the earth, that he might hear the mournings of such as are in fetters, and deliver the children of such as are put to death. We have found it said in another psalm, O let the sorrowful sighs of the fettered come before thee, and in a passage where the voice of the martyrs was meant. Whence are the martyrs in fetters? Are they not rather in chains? For we know that the holy martyrs of God, led after the judges in their circuit of the provinces, were thrown into chains." but we are not aware that they were thrown into fetters. Fetters are also recognized in the teaching of God and the fear of Him, concerning which it is said, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. For through this fear the servants of God feared not those who slay the body, but cannot slay the soul, inasmuch as they feared Him who hath power to slay both body and soul in everlasting fire. For unless the martyrs had been bound by the fetters of fear, when would they have endured all the cruel severities of their persecutors, when they were free to do what they were constrained to do and to escape what they were suffering? But God had bound them with these fetters, hard indeed and painful for a season, but endurable on account of his promises, unto whom it is said, On account of the words of thy lips I have kept hard ways." We must indeed groan in these fetters in order to gain the mercy of God. Whence are those words of the martyrs in another psalm? Let the sorrowful sighing of the fetters come before thee. Yet these fetters must not be shunned in order to gain a destructive freedom, and the temporal and brief pleasure of this life, to be followed by perpetual bitterness. Accordingly, Scripture, that we may not refuse the fetters of wisdom, thus addresseth us. Give ear, my son, refuse not my advice, and receive my counsel, 
and put thy feet into her fetters, and thy neck into her chain. Bow down thy shoulder, and bear her, and be not grieved with her bonds. Come unto her with all thy heart, and keep her ways with all thy power. Search and seek, and she shall be made known unto thee. And when thou hast got hold of her, let her not go. For at the last thou shalt find her rest, and that shall be turned to thy joy. Then shall her fetters be a strong defense for thee, and her chains a robe of glory. For there is a golden ornament upon her, and her bands are purple lace. Thou shalt put her on as a robe of honor, and shalt put her about thee as a crown of joy. Let the fettered therefore cry out, as long as they are in the chains of the discipline of God, in which the martyrs have been tried. The fetters shall be loosed, and they shall fly away, and these very fetters shall afterwards be turned into an ornament. This hath happened with the martyrs. For what have the persecutors effected by killing them, except that their fetters were thereby loosed and turned into crowns? 3. Out of heaven, therefore, the Lord looked down, that he might hear the mournings of such as are in fetters, and deliver the children of those that were put to death. They were put to death, but who are the children of those that were put to death except ourselves? But how are we loosed, except when we say unto him, Thou hast broken my bonds in sunder, I will offer to thee the sacrifice of thanksgiving. For every one is released from the chains of evil lust or from the entanglements of his sins. The remissions of sins is the loosing. For what would it have profited Lazarus that he came forth from the tomb, unless it were said to him, Loose him and let him go? Himself indeed with his voice aroused him from the tomb. Himself restored his life by crying unto him, himself overcame the mass of earth that was heaped upon the tomb. And he came forth bound hand and foot, not therefore with his own feet, but by the power of him who drew him forth. This taketh place in the heart of the penitent. When thou hearest a man is sorry for his sins, he hath already come again to life. When thou hearest him by confessing lay bare his conscience, he is already drawn forth from the tomb but he is not as yet loosed. When is he loosed, and by whom is he loosed? Whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth, he saith, shall be loosed in heaven. Forgiveness of sins may justly be granted by the church, but the dead man himself cannot be aroused except by the Lord crying within him, for God doth this within him. We speak to your ears. How do we know what may be going on in your hearts? But what is going on within is not our doing, but his. 4. He hath then looked back that he may deliver the children of them that were put to death. Who these were and who were their children, ye have heard. For what follows? Verse 21. That the name of the Lord may be declared in Sion. For at first, when the fettered were appointed unto death, the church was oppressed. Since these tribulations the name of the Lord has been declared in Sion, with great freedom in the church herself. For she is Sion, not that one spot at first proud, afterwards taken captive, 
But the scion whose shadow was that scion, which signifieth the watchtower, because when placed in the flesh we see into the things before us, extending ourselves not to the present which is now, but to the future. Thus it is a watchtower, for every watcher gazes far. Places where guards are set are termed watchtowers. These are set on rocks, on mountains, in trees, that a wider prospect may be commanded from a higher eminence. Sion, therefore, is a watchtower. The church is a watchtower. Why a watchtower? To see afar, this is watching. For toil is before me, until I enter into the sanctuary of God. Then understand I the end. What sort of vision is this to understand the end? To pass the sea by sight, not by sailing, and to remain in the uttermost parts thereof, that is, to put our trust in that which will be at the end of the world. If, therefore, the church be a watchtower, the name of the Lord is already declared there. Not the Lord's name only is declared in that scion, but his praise, he saith, in Jerusalem. 5. Verse 22. And how is it declared? In the nations gathering together in one and the kingdoms, that they may serve the Lord. How is this accomplished, unless by the blood of the slain? How accomplished, but by the groans of the fettered? Those, therefore, who were in tribulation and humility have been heard, that in our times the church might be in the great glory which we see her in so that the very kingdoms which then persecuted her now serve the Lord. 6. Verse 23. She answered him in the way of his strength. Whom did she answer but the Lord? Who answered, Let us see above? And his praise, he saith, in Jerusalem, in the nations gathering together into one, and the kingdoms that may serve the Lord. She answered him in the way of his strength. Who answered him in the way of his strength? Let us first then examine who answered, and then we will inquire what is the path of his strength. The preceding words show that either his praise or Jerusalem answered, for it was said, and his praise in Jerusalem, in the nations gathering together in one, and the kingdoms that they may serve the Lord. Responded I, we cannot say, the kingdoms answered. For he would have said, responderant, respondent, I. We cannot say, the nations answered, for he would have said, responderant, in the plural. Since then it is respondent A in the singular, and we look for the singular number above and find that the words, his praise and Jerusalem, are the only words in which we find it. But since it is doubtful whether it be his praise answer him, when they who are called by him thank him. For he calleth, we answer, not by our voice, but by our faith, not by our tongue, but by our life. For if God calleth thee, and enjoineth thee to live well, and thou livest ill, thou dost not answer his call, nor doth his praise answer him from thee, because thy life is such that he is rather blasphemed than worshipped through thee. But when we live in such a way that through us God is praised, his praise answereth him, from his elect and holy men, 
Jerusalem also answereth him. For Jerusalem also was called, and the first Jerusalem refused to hear, and it was said unto her, Behold, thy house shall be left unto thee desolate. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, he crieth, and is not answered, how often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings, and ye would not. There is no answer. Rain cometh from above, and thorns are brought forth instead of fruit. But that Jerusalem, of whom it is written, Sing, O barren, thou that didst not bear, break forth into singing, and cry aloud, Thou that didst not travail with child. For more are the children of the desolate than those of the married wife. She hath answered him. What meaneth? She hath answered him. She despiseth him not when he called. What meaneth? She hath answered him. He sent rain. She gave fruit. 7. She answered him. But where? In the path of his strength. Did she so in herself? For what could there be in herself, or what voice could she find within and from herself, except the voice of sin only, the voice of iniquity? Consider her own words. What findest thou but as ever? I said, Lord, be merciful unto me. Heal my soul, for I have sinned against thee. Moreover, if she be justified, she answereth him, not after her own deservings, but from the work of his own hands. Wherein? In the way of his strength. Christ himself is this. I am, he said, the way, the truth, and the life. But before his resurrection, he was acknowledged by his own people. And when he was crucified through weakness, it was especially hidden who he was, until by his resurrection he appeared strong. The church therefore answered him not in the way of weakness, but in the way of his strength, because after his resurrection he called the church from the whole world, no longer weak upon the cross, but strong in heaven. For it is not the praise of the Christian faith that they believe that Christ died, but that they believe that he arose from the dead. Even the pagan believeth that he died, and maketh this a charge against thee, that thou hast believed in one dead. What then is thy praise? It is thou believest that Christ arose from the dead, and that thou dost hope that thou shalt rise from the dead through Christ. This is the praise of faith. For if thou shalt confess with thy mouth that Jesus is the Lord, and shalt believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. He saith not, If thou shalt believe that God gave him up to be slain, but if thou shalt believe that God hath raised him from the dead, then shalt thou be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. But wherefore do we believe that he died also? Because we cannot believe that he arose from the dead, unless we believe that he died first. For who riseth again, who hath not died? Who waketh from sleep, unless he hath slept before? But shall not he who sleepeth also rise again? This is the faith of Christians, in this faith, then, in which the church is gathered, 
in which the children of the barren one are more than those of her that hath the husband, she hath answered him. She gave him worship according to his commandments, in the path of his strength, not in the path of his weakness. 8. How she answered him, ye have already heard above, in the gathering of the nations into one, and the kingdoms that they might serve the Lord. Herein she answered him, in unity. He who is not in unity answereth him not. For he is one, the church is unity. None but unity answereth to him who is one. But there are those who assert, This hath already happened. The church hath answered him in all nations, bringing forth more children than the married wife. She hath answered in the path of his strength, for she hath believed in the resurrection of Christ, all nations have believed in him. But that church, which was the church of all nations, no longer existeth. She hath disappeared. This is what they who are not in her say, O impudent words, hath she ceased to be, because thou art not in her? Beware, lest thou shouldest cease to be, for this very season, for she will remain, although thou dost not. The Spirit of God hath foreseen this abominable, detestable assertion, full of presumption and falsehood, supported by no truth, enlightened by no wisdom, seasoned with no salt, vain, rash, headlong, destructive, and as if specially against these men the Spirit declaring the unity of the Church, in gathering the people together into one, and the kingdoms, that they may serve the Lord. And when he had addeth, she hath answered him, that is, his worship, that is, Jerusalem our mother, doomed to be recalled from her wandering, prolific with many sons, more than the married wife. Since some were destined to say against her, she hath existed, and no longer doth exist. Show me, he saith, the shortness of my days. What is it that I know not what apostates from me murmur against me? Why is it that lost men contend that I have perished? For they surely say this, that I have been and no longer am. Show me the shortness of my days. I do not ask from thee about those everlasting days. They are without end, where I shall be. It is not those I ask of. I ask of temporal days. Show unto me my temporal days. Show me the shortness, not the eternity, of my days. Declare unto me how long I shall be in this world, on account of those who say she hath been and is no more, on account of those who say the scriptures are fulfilled, all nations have believed, but the church hath become apostate, and hath perished from among all nations. What meaneth this? Show me the shortness of my days. He hath declared, that word too was not in vain. Who but the way himself hath declared? How hath he declared? Behold, I am with you, even unto the end of the world. 9. But here also they meet us, and say, Behold, I am with you. He said unto the end of the world, because he foresaw us, and that we, the party of Donatus, would be on the earth. Was it this sect which said, Show me the shortness of my days, 
and not she, rather, who thus spoke above, in gathering the nations into one, and the kingdoms, that they may serve the Lord? Why is your heart grieved? Because even emperors enact prohibitions against heretics, therein are fulfilled the words, and the kingdoms, that they may serve the Lord. For ye are not the sons of those who were put to death, whose voice when in their fetters was heard by the Lord. Far from it. Your deeds show not this. Your pride showeth not this. Your vanity showeth not this. Ye have no savour, and are cast out of doors. Ye are the salt that hath lost its savour, and for this reason also ye are trodden down by men. Hear what he saith. What is the church? She who gathered the nations into one. What is the church? She who gathered the kingdoms to serve the Lord. Moved by your words and your false opinions, she asketh of God that he will declare unto her the shortness of her days, and findeth that the Lord hath said, Behold, I am with you, even unto the end of the world. Here ye say, he said this of us, We exist, we shall exist even unto the end of the world. Let Christ himself be asked, for unto him it was said, Declare unto me the shortness of my days. The gospel of the kingdom, he replieth, shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. Why didst thou say, This indeed was and hath ceased? Hear the Lord declaring the shortness of my days. This gospel, he saith, shall be preached. Where? In the whole world. Unto whom? For a witness unto all nations. What after this? And then shall the end come. Seest thou not that there are still nations among whom the gospel hath not been preached? Since then it is needful that what the Lord spoke shall be fulfilled, declaring unto the church the shortness of my days, that this gospel be preached in all nations, and then that the end may come. Why is it that thou sayest that the church hath already perished from among all nations, when the gospel is being preached for this purpose, that it may be in all nations? Therefore the church remaineth even unto the end of the world, in all nations, and this is the shortness of her days, because all that is limited is short, so that she may pass into eternity from this brief existence. May heretics be lost, may that which they are be lost, and may they be found, that they may be what they are not. Shortness of days will be unto the end of the world, shortness for this reason, because the whole of the season, I say not from this day unto the end of the world, but from Adam down to the end of the world, is a mere drop compared with eternity. End of Psalm 102, Sermon 2, Part 1